Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober the podcast. This is episode 72 and um, today we are delighted to be talking with um, a fellow sober sister called Polly Dukes and Polly uh, we know from Instagram and Facebook um, where we first connected but um, I know that Mandy is doing some training with uh, Polly at the moment with the amazing Jolene Parks. Um, Polly is an empowerment coach, accredited life coach and has lots of other qualifications including NLP, Reiki and MBIT and she what she thinks is most important in life is to have overcome trauma and adversity and believes that being alcohol free has impacted every single area of her life positively so we're really delighted to to welcome Polly. I say we but um, Mandy's just had to go because she's feeling poorly so she's jumped off the call so we're sending a lot of love to Mandy but hi Polly how are you doing? Hello it's so lovely to be on here it's a little bit like a pinch moment I'm like oh my gosh so uh, yeah I'm Aww. very honoured and privileged to be on this oh you guys. Well, thank you for coming on um and we're sort of we're we're recording this and it's still sort of well we've just entered lockdown in the UK um you know for the coronavirus so we're sort of recording in the midst of it aren't we and talking about general things and kids mm. and just how we're managing so um so yeah, just sort of sending love to you, Polly. Um, and how are you doing today? Yeah, today is a better day. It's been quite turbulent, and you know, with the face of uncertainty, and it's all very unprecedented. Um, but for me, I think it's a real big key to try and stay as present as possible mm. because nobody knows what's happening. It's changing, know. you know, hour to hour, afternoon to morning so um yeah being yeah. as present as possible is definitely something that's yeah. helping I know I feel the same I, I'm like you know we spend a lot of time on sober forums discussing kind of well-being tools and mm. the benefits often our different practices and there's a lot of that kind of being present you know, not, I mean, yes, we play things forward when we're trying, you know, to avoid a trigger, but the rest of it's very much owed at one day at a time, try and be mindful, like mindfulness mm. being a really big tool, isn't it? And it's like, oh my God, like there's really needing to use all of the tools in the toolkit right now. I am so incredibly grateful, you. so mm. grateful, you know, for being alcohol free. Yeah at the moment and just being able to have this mm. clarity of thought and being able to access all of these tools I feel so yeah yeah I, I feel like it's almost training yeah. we can implement it all yeah. now yeah it is it's like it's been theory hasn't it? it's like okay right now let's let's take it to the road sort of thing yeah yeah so can you tell us about you know what brought you to the decision to go alcohol free yeah, really good question. I'd got to a point where I just had enough. Um, that was the the kind of the kind of drive for me. Up until that point, I had tried like stop October a couple of times and found myself drinking even more in the following November. But I managed to do you know that month out, and I knew when I had that month out. I felt differently. My moods were more even. 
I was definitely more productive. I wasn't making really terrible decisions because that's definitely something I did when I was inebriated. Throughout my life, um, alcohol has always been something that my parents did. Um, they were both alcoholics. So I think there was this blueprint peer, blueprint part of me that was, it was always part of life. Um, mm. Kind of growing up, it wasn't so much of an issue. You know, I sort of dabbled, uh, you know, as a teenager and we've all got that one drink that we couldn't, we can't drink or smell because we drank too much of it. So sort of standard behavior. It wasn't really until I got to adulting and had responsibilities mm. and the cracks started to show that I lent on it in quite a heavy way to suppress my emotions because I had a really unhealthy relationship with myself. You know, I absolutely mm. hated myself. So it was fooled into that self-punishment, self-sabotage, you know, get almost that kind of getting out of your head you know, so you don't have to be with yourself. So it was definitely my coping mechanism to to get, you know, to to function in a roundabout sort of way. You you look back now with hindsight and go, I can't believe I believed that. But at the time, you know what you know. And it wasn't until mm. I started on the journey of personal development and start doing some coaching courses and gaining some qualifications that I suddenly had my eyes wide open to there is another way I have got options in this but throughout all of that I didn't realize I had any options so you I kept doing what I was doing but it felt like I was wading through treacle life was getting harder um mm. my days were shorter my you know um I just felt exhausted I felt like rubbish mum you know rubbish wife I was lost it almost felt a little bit like groundhog day um doing the same thing and and just not being able to to find the break Mm. in the pattern and what would you say um was there a particular moment or was there an epiphany or what was the sort of catalyst for you for you actually stopping yeah I mean I didn't have like a rock bottom I didn't have there was a, a a a few events that had made me think, gosh, if I carry on like this, it's not going to be pretty. There's got to be another way. So I think when I started asking myself those questions and understanding and knowing that I had choices, you're then at that fork in the road. We were like, well, mm. I need to make a decision. Um, and for me, that was uh, two years, three months ago. Um, well done thank you and I decided to do dry January and I've never done dry January before I was like so sick of drinking over Christmas again Mm. I was just drinking every day not massively just in the evenings but I was sick of it you know you get to the point where you're pouring the drinks just going I don't even want this but there's something about Christmas isn't there it's like everybody else is drinking and it's okay so I wasn't getting you know, I was drinking and it was okay. You know, normally it was a little bit frowned mm. upon or, or I was sort of thinking, I, I, I don't want to be, um, but just trying to find ways to, to see light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. But it was, yeah, that, that kind of lack of energy, that constant brain fog, that 
just not being stuck I felt so stuck and so frustrated and I just needed to get out of my own way yeah and I think that's such I think that's a a, you know a lot of us can kind of relate to that and especially in that I'll go back to Jolene that sort of you know because she coined the phrase the gray area drinker where you're like okay you know I'm not I'm not fitting into those boxes of, okay, all the wheels have come off the wagon Mm. and that just fatigue, sick and tired of feeling Mm. sick and tired, all that, you know, you hear quite a lot of that, don't you? And, and, but it's, and it's, I think it's one of that real demoralizing part of, of it when you, like, you know, one part of you's kind of made up your mind that it's not really working and you really should, but you still can't quite manage it. And that's like, oh oh shit and then what do you do (laughs) and all of a sudden the conversation it starts to you know and and that can be a while right that can be a while from okay this really isn't a great idea to actually stopping yeah Yeah. I kind of had five years while I was aware of my drinking and Mm. had tried numerous times to kind of moderate or implement rules um but nothing quite stuck it was having the the months out for a challenge if it was for charity even better that kind of helped and kept me focused but without that there wasn't a reason not to drink because society drinks so much um yeah you kind of get whisked away with it yeah and so what made it different that time you know that two years three months ago at the end of that January what what made that different that time do you think I was sick, sick to the stomach with it. I just wanted, Mm. yeah, I just wanted other ways. And I think as part of my coach training, we, I could, I was suddenly learning new tools and new coping mechanisms to deal with the reasons that I was drinking for. And then there was an exercise that I did uh, with a gentleman. He took me through it and it was, well, if you carry on, um, we didn't need to talk about what the exercise was about as it was all kind of happening in mm. my head if you carry on like this what is it going to be like in five years what's it going to yeah. be like in a year what's it going to be like and my I think for the first time I actually projected what my future looked like if I carried on and that was really scary for me and so it kind of gave me that trajectory and a vision of how I really didn't want my life to be because I'd experienced this with my own parents and I always vowed to be a different mum a better mum and that's desperately I wanted inside of me yeah so um yeah thank you for for sort of telling us a bit of your backstory there Polly and I suppose I'd also like to to know kind of you know sometimes I find it it's hard to to look back and remember uh, I think after a while but but what was what would you say your biggest challenge was yeah my biggest challenge I think I felt like there was something wrong with me and when I realized there was more me's when you start to look online and look at sober forums and kind of find your tribe you suddenly realize you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you and that alcohol is immense the way it kind of penetrates life and society so it's finding the courage within and accessing that as well it's the hardest thing it's one of the hardest things I've done in my life but yet one of the proudest as well yeah 
and you dig yeah. so deep and you meet new parts of you that helps you move forward dealing with the you know becoming more resilient accessing new tools mm. kind of forward thinking so I think each challenge comes with learning as well yeah I definitely reckon you know that that what you said about um realizing that actually and we're really told aren't we I mean if you look at any kind of stuff around alcohol that the sort of received wisdoms at that time it was very much like well there are normal drinkers and then there are alcoholics definitely like alcohol always got a free pass and it was like once you start really reading and resonating with other people and finding your tribe you're like actually that actually may have had something to do for the fact that it was an addictive chemical you know what I mean it was peddled at me since I was you know in the cradle and it's um, all walks of life as well, isn't it? That's what always amazes me. You're like, gosh, mm. you know, it's fascinating. Yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, I mean, it, I think once you once you see it, you can't unsee it. But I remember not being able to see it. Definitely. I remember going, oh, oh, I think yeah, you don't okay, want to see why? it. No. You don't, I don't think you want That's to see true, it. That's true, because you've been you. Yeah. No. Yeah. And yeah, then, like you said, sure. once you do, once you start to see what alcohol is and have a taste and experience of the other side without alcohol, like for me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's a no-brainer not to go back. Yeah. I wouldn't go back if somebody paid me because my no. life has changed so many ways for the best. And it's yeah. really exciting. Can you ever imagine that you would have thought that as well? I always th- say that, yeah. to, you know, if people are in their first kind of couple of weeks, just go, at some point there's no kind of miracle about like you or me uh-huh. like and I feel exactly the same it's like you literally they're like well you know how how are you coping and it's like you couldn't pay me enough yeah. like literally and but you can't imagine that when you're starting out can God, you No, the days and the weeks yeah. seem so long but it's especially yeah. now I'm in t- you know so grateful for being alcohol free with everything that's going on at the moment and it hasn't yeah. even come into my radar Whereas when you're in the early days, the months coming up to a year, it's still within your remit, isn't it? And it's not something that I've even thought, oh, gosh, I need a drink. It's which has been brilliant as well. And I couldn't imagine going through all of this, you know, being inebriated. I'm so grateful for the clarity for the different perspective the you know the the energy of having a sleep you know good night good night's sleep as well yeah yeah so um definitely I mean I completely read that resonates with me I just think you know the amount of carnage that would have kind of because I think that kind of for people who well it's like the you know, the routines and the structures for a lot of people that kind of keep the temp pegs in and the routines mm. to boundary things have gone, haven't they? Yeah. So I think a lot of people may be struggling at home. I, you know, I hope they're not, but yeah. I, I kind of think, well, I can see how it would have happened to me. And I'd have been like, oh, great, you know, oh, well, maybe 12 o'clock, you know, well, the sun's out. I yeah. suppose why not? You know, there's not a reason <laughs> not to, is there? And I said, yeah. you know, I was kind of stuck in victim mode as well. And for me, this would have been part of, you know, the something that I could control. I could reach yeah. for the wine, and it was something that temporarily slapping that band aid, that plaster on, 
would have helped mm. briefly, um, but obviously not the the coming hours or the next day. Yeah, when it's so much worth. So what are your self-care? What are your coping strategies and what is in your self-care sober toolkit? Yeah, my self-care sober toolkit. Yeah, it's essential, isn't it? It's definitely a non-negotiable. Yeah. I think my whole relationship with self-care changed. I suddenly realised what self-care was which was quite interesting for me and it's really that nourishing and investing yourself investing in yourself charging your your yourself up you know you wouldn't leave your phone to go to deplete you wouldn't not put fuel in your car so actually you need yeah. to treat this with yourself and in some like sick and twisted way I I kind of put wine in that umbrella I was like yeah you know, wine it's for me it's my time it's for me but actually it's the complete <clears throat> opposite you know it messed with my head and and you know didn't help me to make really bad decisions so I love walking just kind of that sensory feeling the ground walking you know um, I kind of get in my flow and I love getting out in nature I love the beach equally you know when I've got things going on I love going to the woods being around the massive great trees because you see things from a different perspective I'm a real outdoors nature girl and I love my animals so making sure I kind of Mm. touch base with those you know we luckily we live on a small holding so it's just getting out and feeding them as well and I think it does change on a day-to-day basis. I kind of have to ask myself, what do I need for myself right now? You know, is it space? Do I need to move my body? Do I need an escape? Because sometimes you're taking on everyone else's kind of stuff, energy, mm. and it's nice to switch off and in a healthy way, you know, with a nice book or a film. I don't watch a lot of telly, but I do quite like that you know, hour and a half of a film, you know, it's sort of transferring into something else. Um, yeah. Yeah, sort of visualisation. And then because of a lot of my work is checking in with the whole body, the holistic whole body, not just mm. what's going on in your head. So it's checking in with like my heart space and my gut and my energy, like as an entire, as a an entity as well. So yeah. checking in what do I need, where are my energy levels, you know, kind of getting out of my head into my body what's my heart you know where's my heart in this decision um yeah what's going on with my gut with my identity with with who I am so it does vary on a on a day-to-day but I think it's having that awareness of exactly that you know what do I need from myself right now it's that inquiry isn't it it starts with that inquiry Mm. of what what do I that question for me is is what self-care is is about is like what what that inquiry it starts with that question definitely rather than yeah rather than coping getting on pushing your needs Mm. down and then you're you're not you're not helpful to anybody really and it's not selfish I do really feel it's non-negotiable if you take away unhealthy coping mechanisms you need to really ramp up your healthy coping mechanisms yeah because you've been using alcohol for to switch off to escape as a temporary kind yeah. of thing, then you've got to add in the good stuff. And do you know what I've been thinking about lately as well that I now think because self-care, like people have heard me witter on before about this, but I used to get quite a hard time on sober forums a few years ago because I started talking about self-care and I got accused right. of being of fluffy sobriety. I remember like there was some uh, real old guard on there that were like, 
you, it's just an addiction and you're just fluffy and all the rest of it. So oh, no. I've got a bit of, I'm, I still feel quite bitter about <laughs> I'm oh. auntie's always like, oh, you're not, you're not still bitter. Then I was like, mm, yeah. Oh. Um, but I actually see this as such a key for women and in terms of self-leadership. Definitely. Because yeah, I wholeheartedly those, agree. Are those are those tools to actually boss yourself and your life? Um, you know, and I think that yeah. so there's nothing fluffy about it. I think it's badass. You know, so it's my personal. Yeah, I mean, I had a terrible <laughs> relationship. Yeah, I had a terrible relationship with myself. I actually hated myself. You know, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. Mm. If anybody said anything nice to me, I'd go, "Oh, they're just be," you know, they're just saying it for the sake of it. So by taking time out to nourish and to invest in myself yeah. has helped me transform my relationship with myself yeah. because I'm worth it. And then you're, I am enough as I am. I am worth investing in. Mm. Once you have the shift, it helps you break out of that self-sabotaging mm. loop and to start to understand and meet parts of yourself and actually like and love yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's beautiful kind of sort of almost a beautiful inevitable consequence of these practices. It's like, oh, <laughs> here I came. I love the flower, the lotus flower as a symbol because it just does seem to, once you get still, once you get quiet, once you listen in, once you ask those questions and work with yourself, you do. You can't help but start blossoming, mm. I think. Um, yeah. But what would, so what would your yeah. tips be it's for people starting out? Yeah. So to start out, I'd say find your tribe, know that you're not alone, start to look out, you know, look online or, you know, groups in your area, be with other people, connect with your whys daily. That was something that really helped me fundamentally at the beginning. It's why am I doing this? And really getting deep with your whys, because then you're talking to that primitive part of your brain. And if that part of the brain's on board, you're going to have a much mm. easier ride. I think absorbing as much information as possible, it's kind of trying to find the other side of the argument. And the more like knowledge you've got, the more learnings you've got, the more you can make an informed choice. Because society, kind of, it's the only drug we have to justify not taking. And society yeah. still has a way to, to, to change, you know, oh, you're not drinking. Oh, well, why is that then? So you wouldn't have the same response if you stopped, you know, class A drugs. So it's getting, it's understanding that you, your own person, you don't necessarily need to do what society kind of helps and provide. And, you know, cultures as well, isn't it? And celebrating and commiserating. Mm. So it's having more in-depth knowledge of actually what, what, you know, maybe the breweries don't want us to know, or there's tons and tons of information out there of the effects. You know, if you put us into the search engine, is red wine good for me? You're going to come up with a load of reasons why. If you equally put in, is red wine bad for me? You're going mm -hmm. to come up with a load of reasons why. <laughs> yeah. So there's always yeah. two sides of the argument. So mm. it's we've been conditioned and told and society's backed it up you know alcohol is fine but for some of us it isn't and mm. it's really you know and I didn't I kind of started out and I was like what's quitlet what is quitlet you know you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like, people have written books about alcohol 
alcohol and, and the effects. And it's like, wow, I didn't know this whole world was out there. And alcohol-free drinks. I was like, wow. <laughs> so once you start getting into it, you realize there are things you can choose as well. And I think at the beginning for me, it was I'd, I'd had five years on and off, but I hadn't really made that step that I'm going to take a long break off alcohol. At that point, I think forever was too far. So it was like I gave myself like, you know, 28, 90 days and then to 365. And in, while I was in those challenges, the door was firmly shut on alcohol. It just wasn't an option. So it was non-negotiable, wasn't an option. And that's the way that I got through it. So and yeah. I didn't have any blips, but it took me about five years to get to that point. If I'd have known about Sabre Forums and understood about Quitlet and got into the right places with the right knowledge, I wouldn't have felt so alone, which is why I feel so passionate at the, you know, these podcasts and that we can have this conversation now to know people yeah. have got a choice as well. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and also, I don't know about you, did you, I mean, we've talked about this before about thinking or oh, sobriety had a really bad image like we've spent quite a lot of time dicking around on the podcast and having a laugh and I was like that was just totally like I had no idea that people weren't utterly miserable that were sober <laughs> do you know what I mean I was like I just thought I honestly thought the people who were sober must be miserable so that was like oh, okay. Wow, I was fascinated yeah, I was fascinated when I came across people and they said, they they would say, I don't drink. I was like, mm. wow, that didn't even enter my mind. I didn't even know that that was an option. For, you know, and so I'd be slightly curious. So I just asked some questions and, and you know, that sort of, I was just fascinated. So, yeah. and I think secretly inside of me, it was like, there is a possibility it can be done. And I'd look at them and they were having fun. They were interacting. They were bossing it in other parts of their life and I was like wow wow <laughs> but for yeah. me the piece so you start to get positive up. role right. models right you start to get positive role models yeah. instead of these negative kind of stereotypes um which I think it who is it that I was reading a, a book called Atomic Habits recently by James Clear which is amazing and it was saying that uh, part of the the changing um, your habits there's a lot lots of different elements to it but part of it was was who you choose to be around and he was saying um it's the close the many and the great so the people so you're close close people so try and get your partner on on side and get you know tell your nearest and dearest and try and get them supportive um this was not to do with alcohol this is just changing any any um kind of habit and then the many so it's like you need a tribe we might say we don't but we do so let's get on those forums and then it's the great which is like I was obsessed with sober celebrities so it was like oh okay get those role role models in and all of those will change your behavior because that's how we operate as social animals kind of thing which I thought was quite interesting actually like you know yeah super helpful yeah yeah. Um, and when you can't see the, the the results that you want, it is good to look around, isn't it, and have role models in place and kind of think, well, what would yeah. they what would their response be here? So if you haven't experienced yeah. it. 
that's an NLP tool, isn't it? It's like trying, you know, fight putting yourself in yeah. the place of, yeah, what would your hero heroine say, sort of thing, and then then um, and then whatever it is, modeling that behavior. Yeah. So Definitely, what I'm talking about that because we've gone on to you in your past. Yeah, but we can get that from we can sort of create that and access that is what you're saying isn't it because you know like you said your your parent you know you had some modeling around alcohol uh, and stuff in your parenting but you can then access it now um you know and model model outside i i'm quite interested in nlp sorry i'm sort of starting to go blah 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 now because um (laughs) part of my coach training that was another diploma sorry yeah, I think the key part of that is I'm breaking the the habit. I'm breaking the the mm. pattern of what was experienced to me from my um grow my adulting growing you know my childhood growing up, and it wasn't that was that's not something that I ever wanted to kind of put on my children, which is a big driver for me. So I'm breaking yeah. that pattern and modelling the new behaviour. Yeah, and that's tapping in, like you said, to your why, your core values, and all of that. And I'm going to do a segue here because I'm sort of thinking, are oh, those are all co- why I love coaching, for example? Yeah. So I was going to sort of say, you know, obviously that's that's hugely informed your kind of development, and and so could you tell us a bit about your coaching practice and and how people can work with you? Yeah, my coaching practice has evolved as I have. As I've kind of started the journey and then, you know, done some trainings and gained qualifications, I've implemented it in my practice. So I feel I've got a nice combination of my own unique skills. And what I tend to do is is look at the whole person and help them understand why they do what they do. And more importantly, look at the learnings and help them, you know, with the teachings, help them kind of go forward in the direction that they want. So if they're unstuck, or if there's an unhealthy coping mechanism, we look at other ways, and teach them new ways to use their brain and their emotions to their advantage. And a lot of it boils down to helping them have a better relationship with themselves, and actually helping them embrace the awesome version of themselves that they are because I wholeheartedly believe this is where the magic is there's like eight billion people in this world and something makes them special for exactly who they are as well and it's like it is amazing so amazing yeah Yeah. and it's you know yeah yeah it really is and um, to see people transform, you know, through the programs and, and the packages that I've been running is, I just feel so privileged. I absolutely love it. Oh, that's really fantastic. And what we'll do um, when we post the podcast up, we'll, we'll link to your site. So if, oh, you, if you're, you. li- yeah, no, you're welcome. If you're listening in and, uh, you know, you resonate with what Polly's been saying and you're curious um yeah we'll we'll post links before so you can you can get in touch with her yeah come um, on, hi yeah and so in this with your coach's hat on and your sober person hat on in this mm. sort of current situation of heightened anxiety what can people do to kind of really solidify their well-being and their their recovery i'll put in, i'm doing my little air quotes because <laughs> I'm that's one of my words I'm like I'm not sure I like that word but you know they're being alcohol free and they're and they're well-being I suppose 
Yeah, so it's protecting how far they've come already and knowing what's worked for them in the past. So it's success leaves clues. So really analysing, becoming like the secret detective of your own life, looking back what has worked for you will help you go forward, knowing what tools and techniques and actions maybe that you took are really going to help going forward as well. I mean, something I do quite regularly is list all the benefits that I've noticed being alcohol free and even the tiny, tiny little things. And before you know it, you've got like an A4 sheet plus more mm-hmm. of all the benefits. So you're like, okay, <laughs> it kind of reignites it a little bit more for you as well. I think at the moment it's holding on to hope for the future, being as present as possible, and also getting into that heart space with kindness and love and really connecting with humanity because currently we're all in this together. There's not Mm. one person that's not been affected. So we're almost all on kind of an equal level playing ground. So it's what can you do for your fellow man, woman, and what how can you contribute and what can you give back you know to society at the moment sometimes taking the focus off you and reaching out and contributing in other ways and I think for me humor I think in dark times you need dark humor so finding something that makes you laugh or memes or um there's um a very inappropriate granny called grime granny at the moment and she's yeah she's she just makes me laugh you know so it's trying to find some humor at the moment and you know laughing releases oxytocin it releases dopamine so all these feel good free chemicals that you can activate within your body just to kind of help you um feel a lot better about it because we we can't control what's going on but we can control how we respond. So it's controlling the controllables. And for me, when there's no structure in the day, it's still getting up, still meditating, still practicing gratitude. These are the things that work for me. For other people, Mm. it might be something different, but kind of starting to take control of your day before life gets hold of it. Uh, I feel like life sometimes is a little bit like a snow globe until somebody picks up your snow globe, shakes it all around and plonks it down. So, but if you've managed to get your intentions in, your sort of your forward thinking um, and some practices in that work before that happened, you're starting to control the controllables. How about you? What what would you? Yeah, I mean, definitely the the secret of the success being hidden in daily routine is is like uh, one of my mantras and, when and so doing um I like insight timer so yeah. I've been doing yeah. Sarah Blondin's coming home to self in the morning and love I've her. been feeling I love her too so I was yeah. gonna ask you about the heart space in a sec but when um I've been slightly blocked I've been feeling like I'm all right and as soon as I lie down I lie down and get my bolster and my uh, blanket on me before anyone else has got up yeah put Sarah Blondin on and before you know I am sobbing like a baby <laughs> and then, oh, that's okay. in a really cathartic way yeah Sorry. that's okay tears are energy emotion yeah. aren't they so you're you're getting rid yeah. of the negative energy making Just, way for the clear energy and that's okay yeah and, and feeling feeling clear definitely um yeah and going 
so we can still go outside at the moment and we're we're in countryside so we're we're really lucky so i've just I, you know i've been on a bit of exercise and we've also got a trampoline in the back garden oh, which we managed to get up oh, okay so i was actually on the trampoline yesterday as well wow. and it, i was a bit like the pelvic floor was all right, which was a complete surprise to me. And oh, that's because no. I've been doing a load of yoga. <laughs> so I was fun. like, is this going to be a really bad idea? But it was okay. And I managed. And then holding um, onto your boobs as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have much. I don't really have very big boobs. So it wasn't like oh. that, my, my, the downstairs is more of a worry. <laughs> it's the joy of being parents. <laughs> yeah, I knew there's always got to be some oversharing in this podcast. And there you go. We managed to. Do it. keeping it real <laughs> so yeah and I think so, you know reaching out to others as well you know other yeah. sober sisters uh, forums knowing that yeah. again we're all in this together so um Definitely. you holding and providing a space will equally help them as much as it helps you so yeah that's right yeah I mean it's that pro-social I love all that you know the polyvagal stuff the mm. the, the self the co-regulating together and you know, with the, some of the language around this time, it has been very frightening. And I think any to be to feel together to, you know, I don't know how it works now, but I'm doing online yoga classes with my yoga community. So we can actually breathe together. Oh, yeah. We're not in the same roof, but room, but we can breathe in sync. And there is something very yeah. regulating for me about that, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, it's just all of that. It's all of the stuff and and a bit more of the stuff and taking a bit more of the pressure off all at the same time. I think that's oh. what I'm doing. Um, Good plan. Yeah. So, um, okay, we're coming to the end now. Um, so it, can you uh, let us know what your tip of the day is? Tip of the day is mm. focus. Watch where your focus goes. Um so what you focus on grows. So are you focusing on the negative or are you focusing on the opportunities, the time you've got, the new things you could start? Looking at ways that you can grow in this experience as well. So maybe looking at online courses or what were the things you said, I'd love to do that if I had more time. Now you've got the gift of time. I know some haven't, some are, you know, key workers and they're, they're um, doing a fantastic job. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Mm. So it's looking at maybe signing up to a mindful course or a meditation course or a writing. Um, there's tons of um, things that you can do if you look for them and finding ways to grow as well, because growing is one of our human needs. So, and I think at the moment we might feel a bit stuck, a bit like Groundhog Day, a little bit frustrated. But if we're ticking off our growth need, then that's going to help us yeah. see a future, yes. look forward. That's a great, yeah, what a great tip. Thank you for that. Fantastic. How about you? Tip. Oh, my tip of the day would be to. Hmm, I haven't got one today. My what's my tip of the day? Um. I haven't got one planned because usually we just ask you if you're on as a guest. It's really great. I can tell you're a coach because you're like, oh. I'm going to ask all the right questions. I'm going to ask the good questions. <laughs> I think just... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still pinching myself. I'm still on this podcast. I'm like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think just... I mean, I'd, I'd echo yours, really. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking again. I love talking 
too as one of one of the reasons I love coaching and one of the reasons why I was drawn to it and wanted to do that rather than counseling um was yeah. just that 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 looking for strength based things and looking for opportunities and I truly believed and what turned around my recovery was focusing on saying where am I going you know 100% like like what what do I want to focus on and actually half the time I wanted to have a laugh yeah not think too deeply about things because I was a real kind of compulsive overdweller overthinker and giving myself permission to go actually in the directions that I wanted to has has been like you know everything so I, I would just sort of hobby horse on yours really mm. I think you know that that focus on where you're going and the opportunities for growth mm. because they are there and flipping the thinking we've got amazing amazing minds mm. um so yes the somatics body work keeping healthy and then you know you I'm sure you can flip your thinking yeah <laughs> yeah because understanding that, we've got challenge yeah understanding we've got control of that as well mm. so and it's that what things can you be certain of in this uncertain time so it's be certain that you can get up you can do these things yeah. you can yeah it is and it's building I, I always see them as pushing in those little tempecks around you to stop mm. it stop it flapping away yeah. yes I've got up yes I've made my bed that's another tempeg I managed to get the dinner on the table and I reflect on those at the end of the day okay I used to do this with my coach and to say what did I do well three things and what quality does that display about me so that means I'm organized and I've been tenacious today and that brings that from the sort of unconscious if you point and name it brings that quality from your something that you're not conscious of into your conscious mind and it's a very good for self-efficacy practice I think so yeah Dory, I'm going to go off on one. Now. Yeah. So, what's your reason to love sober today? Just before we close. Yeah. So much right now. Honestly, I think. Yeah, getting to know myself, getting to know the real me, uh, clarity of thought, and getting getting my needs met in a healthy way. Because there's a lot going on at the moment, but getting my needs met in a way that's fulfilling and sustainable as well. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the, 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 digger, the, the deeper you dig, you meet new parts of yourself that you didn't know existed and you kind of bring them together. And going forward with this is stepping into your, you know, your best version or your higher self or your just true, authentic awesomeness that we all Aww. can be. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Polly. Thank you for such an uplifting, inspiring and practical and helpful take um, oh, I'm so you know, on, on stuff that we can do. We really appreciate that because I know you've had stuff going on and you are still fighting the good fight and being completely awesome. So, you know, thank you for your message. Oh, thank today. you for having me on. It's such a privilege. Like I say, it's I often sort of in my times of of you know being alcohol free, I'd kind of go, "What would Kate and Mandy say about this?" And I'd listen to a podcast <laughs> and go, "Okay, Aww. okay." Yep. <laughs> it was Lovely. so comforting and reassuring. I was, okay, <laughs> so oh, yeah, thanks, thank you guys for uh, for hosting this space. You're incredible, and I feel honoured oh, and privileged you. to be on it. Ah, oh, all right. Well, we'll say goodbye now. So thanks, Polly. And um, 
if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, please do reach out. You can get in touch with us at info at lovesober.com. Alcohol Change has agencies of local support in your area. Obviously, GPs are difficult right now. and But on Soberistas, they do have an anonymous Ask the Doctor service, so that might be a good one. She recovers community Soberistas. There are so many online tribes now, so you're not alone, don't feel alone and send up a flare somewhere and um, yeah, so reach out to us at Love Sober, Uh, we love to hear from you and uh, stay safe and we'll see you next week for more chat. 